Welcome to the February 17th edition of the PFF Forecast. Got a good one here for you today. We've got a friend of the podcast, Darius Butler, coming to hang out with us. We're going to talk about a whole heck of a lot of things. We're going to talk about best basketball players, uh, former football players that play basketball. Um, We're going to talk about um, best one-on-one receivers in the parks of South Florida. And we're going to talk about the best free agent receivers um, that are in uh, the free agency period right now. Talk a little bit about Deshaun Watson, where he thinks he'll go. Uh, It's a really fun podcast. Darius is awesome. Let's rock. All right, we're going to get to Darius here in just a second, but I got to do like a temperature check. And I don't mean like outside temperature check, internal for you. Did you did you see the consternation we got? No. Yeah, there were people who were not happy with our discussion of snow last week. Really? Mm-hmm. Where it was, how did I miss this? I mean, people like people far and wide listen to the show. Yeah, it's true. But people were, you know, questioning whether I have a Minnesota card anymore. Really? Yeah. Because you disparaged the snow. I disparaged the snow. And I'll fully admit, like, I've gotten softer in old age with respect to snow. (laughs) Not anything else. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Like, I I actually. I was team no sleeves in college. I received, shockingly, no hate. For not liking the snow which will really surprise well you. i think people are i think people believe that would it's be, par for the yeah, course yeah, yeah. people it expected helps me, me more yeah people expected me to like be pro snow just to like you know be different but i i'm not i agree with you 100 this sucks it's awful rub some rub some snow on it well look and the worst thing about it is when the, the snow has gotten so bad that the the ways to travel the places with snow like like look if you ski god bless you but you can't even fly there right now. Like there are places in this country where like hotel rooms, we talked to Darius about this, 700 bucks somewhere. Yeah. You know, hard. just because people are trying to get out of, you know, Fort Worth. and There's a nice little Houston. bunny hill where my apartment is. You can grab some skis. Do you ski? No, I've never skied before. Have you snow? You never snowboarded? Uh, I've never snowboarded. I did. I do inner tubes, of course, you know, I would tubing. This makes a lot of sense. <laughs> I would pay. I would pay a lot of money, not because I want to see you suffer, but just for the pure comedic relief of seeing you at strap on so, skis. So, so here's the thing. As you know, we actually we talked about this off air. Almost everything with me, I'm awful at it the first time and I learned very quickly. So like, I, my first time skiing would be an absolute atrocity, illegal in Alabama and like a bunch of counties in Mississippi, but I would probably be good the second day. Oh, yeah. Interesting. So the odds, if I were a betting man and I am, you would say an eight hour day in Mm -hmm. is what it would take you to make it down a, let's say an intermediate slope without falling. Yes. In, in assuming the trials can go to like the second day right. trials to infinity. I can get one trial through without. No, no, no. Okay. Here's, here's the bet. You get one day to practice and learn the second day you get one warm up run on a different course. And then you have to go to a new course and I get one try and you get one try but like Molly bloom in Molly's game fell on her. Stop, stop this. This is not an impossible <laughs> thing. You just made the claim that you think by day two, you could make it happen. All right. Well, let's do, let's, uh, you, how about this? I will give you day two. You can have five warm up runs. The only condition is that the they're warm, on a different slope. They're on a different slope. They can be the same level of of difficulty, but it has to be a different slope. I yes, I've got a grand on it. A grand. I'm trying to I'm trying to make this interesting. I mean, I'll, I'll, I'm willing to go through the, I'm willing to go through it. Yeah. If you want to, if you can get somebody on the other side of that bet, I'll, I'll be the, the guinea pig. Here's my thinking. Here's my thesis. The first day will go so poorly that your ass isn't making it to day two. But, but I don't know. So look, I'm not in a thousand dollars might be enough to I'm, make you get out there. I'm not in as great a shape as I used to be, obviously, but I am in I, I still have characteristics of somebody who could probably do okay. a decent job skiing. Okay. With that being said, we're going to get to, <laughs> if you want to take this bet, let us know. Um, 
we are going to get to Darius Butler here in just a second. But before we do, want to make sure that I tell you guys all about our good friends at DraftKings and what's happening. Now, no more football. Draft uh, props are, you know, a little ways out. You've got some, some Super Bowl. Some steam on Trevor Lawrence not being the number one overall pick. Interesting. Some people who like your boy, Zach Wilson. But really the thing to keep in mind here is that basketball is taking center stage. Okay. So the madness is coming in March. And right now, to prep for that, to kind of get you ready to go, DraftKings Sportsbook, the best sportsbook app out there, has this deal. Sign up, use promo code PFF, and then you can pick any basketball game you want. Bet $1 and win 100 if they make a single three-pointer. That's it. You could go out there, and the way that they shoot three-pointers, the rate at which they shoot them, you could make a three-pointer. So go to DraftKingsSportsbook.com. Make it happen. It's a no-brainer. They also have UEFA Champions League stuff coming up. They have great odds boosts on all other basketball games, college and pro, um, soccer, hockey, the whole deal. Go download the app. Use promo code PFF when you sign up and get that deal. You must be 21 or older. New Jersey, Indiana, Michigan, and Virginia are the only places. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. And if you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER or in Indiana, 1-800-9-WITH-IT. And in Virginia, 888 532 Three five zero zero. We have breaking news uh, in the NFL. We talked about this player already. Tim Tebow is retired from baseball after 210 minor league hits. Incredible. The best thing about Tim Tebow that I saw this week is it, someone made a video of everyone on Urban Meyer's Florida team, and it was like murderer, murderer, murderer. Tim Tebow, <laughs> missionary. <laughs> so there you go. And here is another Florida man, Darius Butler. We have a good friend of the podcast, Darius Butler, the co-host of the Man to Man pod, uh, which you should check out, by the way, if you have not already. Everything DB, one of our favorites in large part because he is a DB, but he's also a former player who talks about betting. He doesn't pull any punches and he gets to do something that you and I are both very jealous of, which is play basketball in the (laughs) sun. Darius, how's it going, man? It's going good, man. It's going good. Uh, you know, I, I can't complain at all Not right now. How's your basketball game going? It's, get, it's getting better. You know, it's getting better. I got to do something that stays in shape. I got to beat up on the little neighborhood kids, little brothers, whatever it takes to keep my confidence, keep my uh, compet- uh, competitive juices flowing. So it's going good, man. Been blessed, obviously, with this Florida weather. Um, it's some crazy weather, some crazy things going on everywhere else. So um, I'm blessed, man. Can't complain. I want to recruit Darius onto whenever there is a pickup basketball game amongst like football media. I want to recruit we Darius were in, onto our squad. We were in a tournament. What was it going to be? You and me, George, and then it was going to be. We have some talent. Okay. Joe Thomas and uh, Andrew Hawkins was it going to be a team, yep. and then was it Chris Sims and? Well, Chris Sims and Florio, but that doesn't. I, count. I, um, I, <laughs> I, I don't think there's something I want to do more athletically the rest of my life, 35 wow. to infinity, than dunk. That would be like I want to dunk so hard on Florio on a <laughs> Um, but yeah, if he, if we could have so I mean, because uh, Bruce Gradkowski, Bruce is yeah, he still was, athletic. He was all state in in high school. He's still got a little bit of athleticism. He's got a jumper. Um, Steve Palazzolo is like eight feet tall. So even though he's not very good, yeah. he's an asset there. Um, Mike Renner's you, like really good. Mike actually. Renner's yeah. good. Um, that, that was one of my favorite, our favorite things to do as players in the off season, the, you know, celeb basketball games. So um, that was one, one hooper that slept on probably around the NFL. One of the best hoopers that I played with was Josh McCown. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Josh he, McCown can totally... Josh McCown can like probably dunk like anybody. Yeah, I, I, still, still like I played with him uh, a few years, kind of back to back with uh Anquan Bo- and Anquan Bolden's game, and he can he can go, he can go. Yeah, because have you be have NBA. you seen Josh McCown's combine stats? They're unreal no. for a quarterback. Weirdly, I have not. I did. I'm not surprised that you have. What? Give me a comp, an NBA comp for Josh McCown. Oh man. Um, it's crazy. Kind of like the old savvy guy with the pass, like his vision is passing, but he's, I wouldn't even say sneaky athletic. Like he's athletic, athletic. Um, damn. I would say like a, almost like an older LaMelo ball. Oh, wow. Older and older LaMelo ball, but that's oh. the kind of flair he plays with. 
Um, that's the kind of game he played. And, and you know, he's got a nicer, nicer looking jump shot. But McCown ran a four five seven. He had a half inch vert and a 10 foot broad jump. I mean, like the guys that yeah, if he came out now, they'd be like, this is yeah, the yeah. next Patrick Mahomes. Well, that's what they did. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. For Matt Jones, the Arkansas yeah, QB who like, yeah, I remember. Who like came out, had the hair and like ran a four, three and everybody's like, yeah. Oh my God, this is the next great wide receiver. Like, I feel like, you know, McCown was sort of, you know, McCown, I, I don't think he's that athletic, but like they were rushing to like convert these old quarterbacks into receivers back then. It's interesting you used the word convert yeah. because he was almost going to be a part of the Texans organization as a coach. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I love, I love Josh to death, but that was, that was Houston being Houston, man. Yeah. <laughs> we could go. I, this off season has been out, outrageous and we're only two weeks in. And we got a little bit of a taste of it with the Stafford trade right yep. before the Super Bowl. Yeah. When you were a free agent, I believe one time, right? I was a free agent a couple of times. It's just yeah, not, you know, because, big, yeah. But you Colts, were like in Panthers, that in that sort of like March situation. What is yep. it like for a player? Like, are you constantly looking at sort of the news? Are you kind of seeing like seeing like if another team signed a cornerback or safety were you like constantly looking at those things or was that something you left your agent to and you're kind of like I'm just gonna let the chips fall where they may yeah I mean I think every everybody's situation is kind of different um it depends on kind of are you a free agent that kind of you got to wait for some dominoes to fall before you you know and that kind of sets the tone or sets the stage for your contract or are you one of those top guys who are going to be off the market or don't even reach the market so it depends on you know where you are um you know in your career um, you know, in the NFL, for some, once you kind of get around 30, it's a whole, it's a totally different ball game. They look at you completely different, unless you're a quarterback. So it's a lot of different things, um, you know, at factor that goes into that. But um, and it depends on what type of person you are. If you're a type of guy who hires your agent, you like, Arvin, right, just let him completely deal with that. I'm just focused on ball, focus on whatever else. Or you one of those players who are more involved in that and, you know, paying attention to the game. You see what other players are getting and, um, then you realize how powerful the media is too, you know, because the media plays a big role in who the fans, you know, believe is a better player, who the writers talk about more. So all those things kind of factor in, um, but it depends on the situation, but your team usually sets the tone for your free agency, depending on whatever it is that your team and those other guys around the league know. So whatever tone they set usually is how, um, you know, how your free agency process is going to go. It, it, the, you the mentioned the media and, there's like, I think of this in a, with a guy that's not a free agent, but there seems to be this narrative that's being pushed by his team, which is Carson Wentz. And it's mm -hmm. like, oh, we're waiting for two first round picks, gold, frankincense, myrrh. We'd <laughs> like a new Ferrari. And until we get some wise men, until we get that, look, we're not trading him. But to me, when I hear that, I'm thinking, okay, well, this is, this is coming from the team and you might hear things that are coming from the agent. Are you, now that you're on the other side, are you, whenever you see something come out, are you like, oh yeah, that's an agent or, oh yeah, that's a team or I know. Yeah. And, and you kind of know that as a player, you know, you know, what type of games, you know, your agent plays or what type of games their, their team plays. Um, so when, oh, you know, this player was offered this contract with this amount of guaranteed money. It's kind of, you know, you paint them out to be the bad guy and everybody has their sources now. So it has kind of changed even since I left the game. So now it's like so many more sources and so many more, you know, I guess leaks that come out intentionally or unintentionally. And that was, I guess, more frowned upon, you know, and now, now it's like, you know, that's just the way things are done now. So it's changed in that regard too. you know, who kind of wins in that media game. Um, but every every situation is different. You got certain teams that do business a certain way, and then you got others who kind of play different games. So it really depends on uh, you know what type of situation the player is in with um, you know each individual team. And, and then you have the Houston Texans. It's so interesting, <laughs> right? It's so interesting, right? Because the media is making players so much more valuable in a mm -hmm. number of different ways, right? You have obviously the TV deals are going to drive the value of the contracts up. You're already seeing quarterbacks, I think rightfully so, exercising power that they have yep. not exercised in the history of the game, which is, you know, good to see because the game is nothing without the players. But then you also see sort of like, you know, more players 
have careers in media after not only signing up with the big names like ESPN, but doing it sort of independently, mm-hmm. like you, Darius, and you know other guys like you know Jeff, like guys that we've had on the show, where it's yeah, the Pat the, McAfee is the, a great example. Exactly, and killing it. Yeah. yeah, you look at that and you say, okay, what are the costs? The costs are, of course, that we that content is king, and mm-hmm. so part of that content thing is the media has to play up stories 365 days a year, mm-hmm. and that's kind of like what I think what used to not happen. There was more of a gentleman's game. I yeah. think now it's sort of like anything goes, but I think in the long run, it does benefit the players because everybody's so much more interested in this game. And people I think are a little bit more awake to the fact that the players drive the value of the league. And so it, I think eventually the spoils will become even bigger. Yeah. It's just every, um, you know, just the inter- the internet, you know, the internet changes everything. It just, um attention how long can you keep people's attention whether they're spending money whether they're gambling you know uh sports gambling becoming more popular fantasy football all these different things that now people are are so much more engaged with the players and they have these different platforms whether it's twitter or twitch or instagram whatever you're meeting maybe they're a streamer in the esports space so there's so many different things um that you can do to build your brand that you know you just you just you obviously going to create more power and um i think players you see other leagues and, you know, NBA or baseball and different things that different people can do that the players in the NFL never were able to do. And um, if it's going to start with anybody, it's going to start with the quarterbacks nine times out of 10. And then it kind of will trickle down everybody else. But, um, you know, I, I enjoy seeing it. I'm always pro player, even though, you know, being on this side and the media side and understanding kind of the machine behind it. Like, you know, I don't want to say everything's for clicks, but that's what you're, competing for like are you like are they staying on your screen for four seconds five seconds are they engaging with your content so that's what the the narrative is going to be so you know it kind of goes back and forth i like it though i'm enjoying the 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 evolution of it what do you what do you think do you think so obviously with with watson it looks like they're you know it it looks i think that it's he's still a favorite to be traded but i think it's a non-trivial chance that he stays in houston for some time Wilson what do you problem mean for some time. Like, I think you mean I like think, to start this season. Yeah. yeah. To have him to, to let him sit out until week 10. Wow. And what and, do you, what do you think? And not accrue a year. I, I mean, if, if I'm, you know, if I'm Nick Casario coming in that situation, uh, you know, that's something you got to deal with before the season, whether, whether you can smooth things out with him or not, uh, which is not looking like that's going to be the case. Um, you, I think, I feel like at this point, Houston just got to get the most they can for him you know, because he doesn't want to be there. He's made that known. He's made that obvious. I say at this point, you work something out with his agent and say, hey, let's, you know, find the best deal there is, you know, out there for us because you can't build a culture, a winning culture as a head coach, um, you know, as a, as, as a GM, as a locker room, when your main guy doesn't want to be there. It doesn't, it doesn't matter how good he is if he doesn't want to be there and be, you know, essentially the general. Like you, you, you're not going to be worth the, uh, you know, worth anything. So you, you can't move forward with that. So I feel like you got to handle that situation. Either you smooth it out within the organization, or, hey, uh, David, please go find the best deal there is out there. And Does, do, is but there, don't you think? Okay, so hold on. Go for it. So don't you think then that it has to happen before the draft? This is Houston we're talking about. Right. I feel like that's, that's too much common sense. I mean, it would be for them to hold on to them as long as possible till it just gets ugly, kind of how it looked with the Rockets in the same city. Like, I mean, at some point you have to, Houston just you know, I guess, learn from your mistakes. So you, you let JJ walk, you let that be clean. So now you're at a point where this is already, you know, looking messy, essentially. So just handle it. And, and I feel like at this point, just blow it up and move on. Because I, I have a question about just, is this salvageable? Because we've seen, like, we've seen relationships be patched up before, but I don't know if this one crossed a line that you could just never, because they legitimately, I mean, you're talking about a team three years ago mm-hmm. where the owner who was now is passed, but his son's mm-hmm. the owner now, I mean, made some very bad, very stupid and disparaging comments. And the players don't forget that stuff, right? And And then you have, like a process of hiring a head coach that you just signed the player to a humongous deal. And Mm -hmm. they had four wins last year and Deshaun Watson was worth like 3.7 of them. Like he's your (laughs) franchise and you don't consult him at all. 
like Darius, especially Darius, after telling him you will. Yeah, exactly. So there's it, like, so in my opinion, if I'm Houston, if there is a 10% chance I can make it work with Deshaun, I try my best. But I, I fear that there's a 0% chance that he'll come back to the table at all. And maybe, probably rightfully so. Yeah, I feel like it's at that point. I feel like it's beyond that point. And I feel like Houston did everything to, I guess, push it further, or, you know, in the worst direction. You know, they fired the, the head equipment, um, you know, the head equipment guy, which doesn't seem like a big deal outside of the building. But inside of the building as a player, like that's like a part of your like, like that's a part of your silo. Like, so when you start to do things like that, um, I believe the head of PR, I believe her name was Amy. Yeah, she was fired. Right. And everybody got upset about that. Yeah. Hey, everyone's upset about that. So when you see, you know, the president step down, you know, seeing those things happen time and time again, and then hearing, you know, I talk, obviously I know a bunch of players. I, I hit, you know, some of my Houston guys, uh, Hey man, like what's that? And they tell you, it's kind of like everybody saying a lot of the same things. And then I think even bigger and more powerful and all of that put together was Andre Johnson coming out and speaking out. The Andre Johnson comments, were you, did that surprise you? Like, what did that tell you about the situation? Are there any other things, maybe not, you can't name the player or anything, but like, what else have you heard from that that we were like, oh man, this is worse than I think anyone knows? Uh, I mean, I, I, I won't go into details, but it's just, you know, people, you have different cultures around the league and, and, and a, lot, a lot of things can kind of go on behind the, behind the scenes for a while until it kind of just meets that that point where what you do in the dark comes to the light. So um, just a lot of things that different different experiences that people have um, that are all kind of negative, not all negative, but mostly, um, you know, a lot of things. I, I don't, don't want to get into it. I don't want to put anybody out there, but um, it's just worse than even what it looks like. And for, even from what we see, it's bad. So um, I understand what Deshaun wants to get out of there. People around the league understand it. His own teammates understand it. And like I said, Andre Johnson coming out and speaking like he did, um, I think that kind of put put a seal on things. Well, and it's, it's so hard, right? Because players are only the top players for a, a short flicker of time, right? Like yeah. somebody after the Super Bowl was saying, oh my God, what if Pat doesn't get back? And it's like, if you're Deshaun Watson, you're like, look, I just wasted four years of my career and, and everybody's like, oh, wait it out. Things will get better. It's like, I, do you really want to be in the second four years of your career playing for a team with no hope? Mm-hmm. Like, I get it. I mean, and it sucks that he'll have to start. Off. And it sucks. Look, Houston's a great – Houston deserves better than this, right? Like, it's, yeah. uh, like they deserve better than this. And it's just really frustrating, but it will be another city's uh, uh, benefit. What do you think, Darius? Where where would you put Deshaun Watson in sort of a dream scenario for the NFL? For, oh, for the NFL? For the um, NFL. No, I, I would. I, I'll probably go. Where? Let's go down because we we're trying to figure this out when we were talking about who to bet. You know, Super Bowl futures, like what the odds are, and we were saying so mm-hmm. much falls on Deshaun Watson. So you're you have a player's perspective. You know that he's lost consistently with a bad Houston team. Yeah. What's his power ranking right now of places he might go? That's 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 tough to do. Um, I, well, I answer the first question. Best for the NFL would no doubt be that trade that everybody's talking about for some reason with Dak Prescott and um, him. I don't understand why the Cowboys would do it. But if they did do it, that would be the best for the overall, I think, NFL brand. Cowboys already talked about too much. With Deshaun Watson going there, they're only going to be talked about more. So that would be the best for the NFL, no doubt. Um, I think the best for him, I, what you said, power rankings. Um, let's see who got what. You got Carolina. Mm-hmm. You know, if they can do the, the deal, the three first and C-Mac, I think that's a good deal for both sides. Um Miami, Miami obviously has the capital to do it if you're, you know, not sold on tour. Um, I mean, so Denver has been rumored to have interest. They've been rumored to have interest as yes. well. If if they went there, if he went there having those three quarterbacks, I don't think that would be great for the NFL. Just having three, you know, quarterbacks of your future with Herbert, Mahomes, and Watson in the same division. Um, but I guess they, they would play each other twice a year. I don't know. That I might Denver sound good. Denver's yeah. young Judy and yeah, that Denver sound good out there. 
Darius Might Moore put them one there. Jets, because in my opinion, ah, no, <laughs> no, man, I, I, I don't. I mean, I don't, you you don't leave Houston to go to the Jets. But my my thing from the Jets' perspective, you don't <laughs> trade Jamal Adams unless you use the capital for a moment like this, like right. But but to shot, but Deshaun Watson is no trade clause. But yeah, yeah that I, that's a big part of it. I get that, but think about this. And I, I'm I'm again, I'm trying to think about for the best stories. Giants, I'm trying to bet the on Giants a team that's actually going to sign the Giants. Up. Like Daniel Jones, <laughs> are you trying to bet? Well, the, so, the, see, the Jets haven't won a Super Bowl since Super Bowl three. They haven't won a Super Bowl <laughs> merger. There, if they, if you go to New York and you take the Jets team that has been second fiddle in that city yeah. for as long as we've all been alive, right? And you turn them into a contender in an AFC East where, like, there's some mountains to climb. Yeah, if you do yeah. that. You're a Hall of Famer. Like, I first ballot. <laughs> but why wouldn't you go that same rationale if your goal is to be a Hall of Famer? Why wouldn't you just go to Miami? Like, it's a little – it's not nearly – you're not – you don't have to climb Mount Everest, but if you mm-hmm. – You win a Super there, Bowl yeah. and and Dan Marino's never won a Super Bowl for yeah. that franchise. You're the GOAT, too. I get it. I'm just Fact. saying – Big fan. You play, you play Josh <laughs> Allen twice a year, too. I would like to see that. They True. were falling over themselves for Mark Sanchez when the guy won four playoff <laughs> games back when Dar- – like, back back when you were playing. And yeah, like, that, was, that was the same heyday. And he's trash, and he was trash at the time. Like, Deshaun's actually – good and they would he would like the, he would own that city like they were falling <laughs> over themselves for tim tebow like i get you're not, it you're, you're not you're not leaving houston to go to new york if you're deshaun he wants to win um you know he, he came into the league as a winner of one championship to college like he wants to win i don't think i don't think he would sign off on that i understand it from the jets you know from their standpoint i mean definitely make a play for him if you if you i mean it would you it would be negligent not to but from uh, Deshaun's standpoint, I don't, I don't think he would sign off on that. Okay, not so enough. Yeah, not enough weapons. Not yeah, it's not. Nah, it's it's, it's not a great team. And they have Robert Sala, and he, he might. Holds. They have athletic. a ton of cap space. And they have a good head coach. They or they have a head coach. Cap, cap space. Cap space means nothing to players. Lining like up cap space and and draft picks. Like players <laughs> cap space. <laughs> yeah, when you when you're ready to go cap into a situation. Yeah, you're trying to go into a situation to win. Like, okay, how is this locker room? What is this locker room missing? Is this team just missing a dynamic quarterback? And I could be that missing piece that will get us to the championship level. If that's not the case, like for a player like that, I mean, you're not going to go to a Jets. That's Every another rebuild essentially. Podcasts are gonna are gonna go to their grave knowing I tried. You tried. You, you did try. You did try. So based on your criteria, I've got Carolina, I've got Denver. I have San Francisco and I have Miami. Carolina, those those, those will all be championship caliber teams with Deshaun Watson. Carolina, low key is a great spot, and here's why: the Saints are going to stink for a while. The Bucks are going to probably fall off the face of the earth when Brady, <laughs> which might be ten years from now, we don't know. Right. But it, but eventually that's that ship is. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. They'll, they'll be competitors for a while, even after Brady's gone. I think. Yeah, yeah, they have a good team, and and Arians, Arians. And yeah, I don't. Yeah, I think. Yeah, but has done a good job. And and Atlanta's Atlanta. So Carolina <laughs> has like a legit like chance to win that division right away. Okay. With Watson. Yeah. And oh, yeah. And Joe Brady's still there, and Joe Brady yeah. is like. You yeah, know, should, probably could have gotten a head coaching job after this year. The yeah. uh, rules rules fine, and they drafted a ton on defense, so they'll probably be better there. And they have Robbie Anderson, possibly Curtis Samuel if they retain him, and uh, DJ Moore. Like it, it's a good team. Like you know, they're a good like a elite quarterback away from being a contender. Yeah, I agree. And like you said, that division how it's made up. Even when all those quarterbacks were you know in their heyday, that was a division that was. You know, hard to win back to back. So if you you get Deshaun Watson in this prime in that division, like you said, obviously Brady's. You know, he's at the end of his career. Um, that could be a great situation for him. And we we kind of talked about it early on the pod today. Actually, you know, he played college obviously in the Carolinas. He, he's from Georgia, so that'll be um that that looks like a good all around situation. Yeah, he played college football in yeah, yeah <laughs> maybe in South, under, Carolina. South Carolina. Maybe yeah. Underappreciating Charlotte, it's an up and coming place. I, yeah. I see, I'm a big believer in watching what 
the person does in their off time. And he's been in New York and he's been in Florida and he's (laughs) on a boat with his girlfriend. And, and to me that screams Miami. But the other thing that the Panthers have, I think which you tweeted about George, the pan, like the Houston Texans are the mark in the NFL. And the one thing that Carolina has, and they can absolutely sell this to Houston is a running back that everybody thinks is a star, but ultimately like, you know, Christian McCaffrey is a great football player, but running backs don't move the needle that much. But if you throw him into the, into the they stew, value him way Houston more. Houston will yeah. take away a first round pick and they're asking price and you're golden because they You'll can put sell- Mike Davis's because you know, they'll sell it as it, te- the Texans have to hang a banner for the like player they bring in. Right. Yeah, yeah. And they can hang a Christian McCaffrey yeah. banner. And unfortunately for Christian McCaffrey, He's just going to get awful. run it's 400 just, times. It's, it's where he, his career goes to die. Ever. I mean, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah, and it depends on, once again, what you do with those draft picks. You know, because right. draft picks are good on paper, but if, if they're the wrong, you know, Cleveland Browns had a ton of high first-round draft picks for a long time, but it took a long time for them to actually get, you know, players in there to where they're finally winning. So um, it depends. And one more thing I just thought about Carolina that they have is, uh, is, is Cam Newton's legacy. You know what I mean? If he'll want to come behind that, you know, being a young quarterback from Georgia, you know, Cam, I'm sure has had a huge impact on, you know, his game um, coming up. So would he want to go and step into those shoes to follow that up? Um, you know, would he be opposed or for that? So I think that'll also factor into it. Plus Bridgewater is kind of a quarterback you can throw in a trade and be like, like, remember when the, 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 Denver traded traded Jay Cutler and they got Kyle Orton back. Like kind of that Kyle Orton, you get back in one of those dumb trades where you alienated your quarterback. Yeah. Right. And so like you I mean you could start him for a year. Bridgewater's like a absolutely top 20 quarterback in the NFL. Well, yeah, and he's better like the the Houston Texans right now, like I have you have to hang a number on Josh McCown starting some games next year. Like that's how bad they are. Head coach candidate to starting (laughs) quarterback. Yeah. What a what a story. All right, we're going to take a quick break here because I have to tell you about a few very important things. The first is that this beautiful podcast is brought to you by our friends at pristineauction.com. Check out their daily auctions. They start at $1, 8,000 football items, signed helmets, balls, jerseys, the whole deal. You can go waste your money on buying like a highlight. Go buy a signed football. It's actually something you can hold in your hand and you can go give it to someone and they'll appreciate it. Pristine Auction guarantees the authenticity on every product. Use promo code PFF and get $10 off your first invoice. The other thing that I got to tell you about is all the good stuff at pff.com with an edge or an elite subscription. You get access to all the premium content. The draft guide is new and updated weekly. It is phenomenal. You'll want to check it out. You need to start reading it now if you have any hope of being ready for the draft. Quarterback annual is out with 36 quarterbacks, 10 pages on each one. Got top 150 free agent rankings with information and analysis on all of them, player grades, war, uh, and and rank for their war. Uh, it's tremendous. So go check it out. PFF.com and Edge or an elite subscription is what you need to succeed. Go make it happen. And now back to Darius Butler. Um, let's talk no a little bit about uh, some free agent wide receivers because I want a defensive backs perspective here on kind of the four top guys and then a fringe fifth. So if you look at, at PFF.com, mm. our free agency rankings, our four in no particular order are um, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Allen Robinson, and Will Fuller. If you are looking at that group, how are you ranking them in terms of who you're going after? I will go Allen Robinson at the top. Allen Robinson will be one. Hands a toss up between Godwin and um, Galladay. Godwin's healthy. I'll go Godwin be two. Galladay will be three. Fuller, damn. How much do I value speed as as an organization, as a team? If I value speed, Fuller will have to jump up there. But my rankings, Fuller will be four. Yeah, I mean, Robinson does appear to be the hardest guy to cover. I've never... You know, play cornerback, but I feel like I'll, I'll put him. I'll put him at one on on this because the thing with Robinson is like there are some concerns with he and Galladay about separation because neither guy is a is a brilliant separator, but both guys are very good at the catch point. 
And I think Galladay is less good of a separator than Robinson. And Robinson is probably equally good at the catch point. But the thing about Robinson is you just, he's a, a mixed bag because you just have never seen him play. <laughs> exactly. Quarterback ever. So like, exactly. No, like he could be legitimately the, a top, two, you know, five receiver in the NFL. And we would have never known by now. And the exactly, fact yeah. that good numbers with awful quarterback play, I think is probably his, the big, biggest feather in his cap. I, I agree with you 100%. And obviously, you know, playing with him uh, in his younger years when he was down in Jacksonville, been in the Indy planet, seeing him twice a year and, you know, not having great quarterback talent and then going and dealing with what he's been dealing with in Chicago and uh, still consistently producing, still consistently getting better. So I think if you put him in the right situation, obviously he's a free agent, so he's going to find the best situation for him. But if you put him with a good quarterback, I mean, above average quarterback, <laughs> you'll see, you should see his uh, production uh, take leaps. And, um, you know, Godwin's, you know, he, he's right there. He, he can be a 1B. He does a lot. He can play on the outside. He can play on the inside. Um, kind of got a little inconsistent in the playoffs this year, but, you know, it was, it was a big stage. First time being there. I'm sure that factored in. So put him there, Galladay three, just because, you know, he's coming off a banged up season. And then um, Fuller, you know, throughout his career, he's kind of been inconsistent. Playing this year was his best year by far. It was about him being healthy and consistently catching the ball. And he was obviously doing that before the suspension. So, um, you know, he could easily jump up there and come off the board at two. I worry so much about Fuller because he had been, play he played a lot of games in this first few years, but he mm -hmm. was picked up in some right and then he played basically healthy the entire season this year and then obviously got dinged for peds and you wonder yourself okay was the fact that he was healthy in all those games <laughs> a product of the what yeah. he was suspended for because if you can guarantee me 16 games of will fuller being 100 i think he's the best player on this list just because, you know, he showed that he was more than just a speed guy this year. He was the number one player yeah. on that passing offense. And the problem is that you take, let's say you take away what, you know, yeah. you take away the, you take away the drugs. Yeah, yeah. You take away the variables <laughs> and he's back to a guy who's like a pop-up guy, right? He's like, a yeah. perfect, like if you put him on, if you put him on Kansas city or put, or let's say he replaces Antonio Brown in Tampa Bay, you put him on an elite Ooh. offense as the three. He's perfect. Right, because he goes yeah, yeah. games zero zero, and then other games it's like seven for one eighty. When you're, uh, you know, yeah, Randy, yeah, yeah. And, and like that's the problem though is he's not he like like I don't know this is back in the day, but it's kind of like Bernard Berrien, right? Where the one year Bernard Berrien was the number one wide receiver in free agency, the number one wide out in free agency, and it's like some the Vikings gave him a ton of money, and it's like. But he's still a three. He's still a number three wideout. I don't know. Yeah, I, I wouldn't put I wouldn't put Will Fuller in that. I would put, I would say he was definitely a cut above. I was gonna uh, say what Bernard Berry yeah. was. But like you said, if Will Fuller could, well, I mean, it's hard to say guarantee you healthy, especially when this was the only year that we saw consistent consistently, and he got popped for the PED. So you got it's a question mark there. But if you could get the Will Fuller that was playing this year to show up next year. Yeah, he, he would definitely be um, the one. But obviously, those are some pretty uh, big big variables to gamble on. But he, he changed the game, though. He changed the game. That's something you have to defend, something you have to game plan for. You got to be aware of when that matchup is one-on-one. Is -on -one. So uh, he definitely changed the game. You bring package deal, Will Fuller and Brian Cushing. Strength <laughs> conditioning coach. And uh, you're in great shape. You can Bad. make sure he's healthy. Allen Robinson, this is interesting. I was looking at this prepping for uh, the podcast, and Allen Robinson and Kenny Galladay are the same age. Allen Robinson feels like he's been in the league for like 15 yeah. years. Yeah, I would, I would have thought he was two, at least two years older. Yeah, he got unlucky because he went into free agency post-ACL, and and he was – so he right. tore his AC. Remember that? It was one more board. Yep. Hit him on his yeah. broken knee <laughs> just to like say, hey, you know. And – and then, and then he goes to free agency and he went to somehow he picked Chicago over Green Bay. I'm imagining Green Bay just offered him less. Um, but, you know, he yeah, he's on his third deal where Galladay's on his second. But Galladay, I mean, Galladay when healthy is also very like he's going to be a good number one for the team that gets him. And he might he might get gotten at a, at a discount given all the crap that happened this yeah, year. Yeah, maybe. Is there a is there a wide receiver and team uh, pairing? that you particularly like Darius just in knowing first off who these guys are, but then also looking at teams that maybe were like, 
a second or a third or even a number one away you think from being a Super Bowl contender? Um, you know, if so, the guys that I talked to in Miami, you know, they 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 say they just think Tool was putting there a little too early, and he's got some potential. He's not as bad as a lot of people are making him out to be. So if you get Tua a true number one wide receiver down there, um, I think a lot of young guys got snaps down here. I think that could be a very, very good team going forward. Miami, maybe it's the home team thing. But if you could get um, an Allen Robinson for, for a Tua, I think that can pay huge dividends for that offense, for that team, and uh, you know for the new play caller. So uh, I would pair those guys. Um, Godwin, dang, Godwin can fit. He can fit anywhere, I feel. Who's a receiver away though? Um, this is a tough. Obviously, Indy needs to receive. They need a, a big time receiver, but you know they don't have a quarterback, so that's not going to be a great destination. They have the money, so um, I don't know. I, I would I would go Dolphins and the Colts for for obvious reasons. Um, but uh, who, who who you got? Well, that the Dolphins are a great one because the thing with Tua is you don't want to give any doubt, right? So if you put in Robinson. Preston Williams, uh, Devontae Parker, uh, Jakeem Grant, Mike Gusecki, all in your passing offense, and he fails. He fails no because he's not good enough. Yeah. yeah. If he performs, then you have the the great problem, which is do we extend him, right? Because mm-hmm. he's a great, great quarterback. So yep. the, the hard part with a, a young QB is always like not giving him enough weapons and then having the question like Drew Locke. Drew Locke had all the weapons in the world this year, he sucked. Okay, move on. Like th- that's you know Josh you, Allen. They you, gave you know what you got there. Well, good. I think the Dolphins are a great one. Yeah, I, I like the Dolphins too, and I could even see a guy like Will Fuller, who I think might get. You know, I think that the market might be depressed because of all the good rookies. Yeah. Because of the PEDs, you might get them for real cheap, and I think that's a necessary piece for Tua because he does not. He needs to throw to open guys. And needs to throw to open guys over the middle of the field. And I, I not that Allen Robinson can't do that, but I think mm-hmm. that's an element that Will Fuller brings that I like a lot. I also like him in Green Bay as a cheaper option. I just want, you know, to give Aaron Rodgers all the weapons. Uh, yeah, that'll 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 be ugly I, if you got in Green Bay. I think Kansas City is gonna be a sneaky one with one of these wide receivers. Like I think Interesting. I I think just looking at what's happened with the superstar quarterbacks in the league, voicing displeasure at yeah. their team. I think the Kansas city chiefs are going to do the first, one of the things that Mahomes asked them to do this year, just to get out ahead of that situation. Like, okay. you, you know, but does and, that mean signing a tackle? <laughs> yeah. I mean, there are tackles in the draft though. Like yeah. I think if they go yeah. out and get like a, you know, what they if they went out, out early or went out and got a, you know, a willful, like if they got like the next you know, like last year it was Amari Cooper yeah. and then a cliff and then Robbie Anderson. If they yeah. got the first wide receiver below the cliff, it would really help. Cause that was their, the tackle situation in the Super Bowl was really the pro- problem. Number one, but number two mm-hmm. was Sammy Watkins, McCole Hardman, none of their, their secondary guys got open early in the down. Mm-hmm. And that, that was really what they, they couldn't survive. And yeah. if they get another guy in that mix, it really makes them pretty stable on offense. Darius, let me ask you about this guy real quick, because uh, I think he's going to get overpaid. What's your <laughs> opinion of Juju? Oh, uh, I think he's a solid number two. I think really? he's a solid two. I don't think you on put him outside. in a position. Yeah, on the, on the outside for sure. I mean, he, he can still play on the outside, I believe. Um, he's one of those guys that he's going to make – he's got to continue to make tough uh, contested catches and, and be a good run-after-catch type guy. Um, I don't think he's the – the big play, you know, Will Fuller type guy, but he can also sneak in. Uh, we've seen him go 90 plus. So um, if he gets with a good quarterback in the right system and he's not put in that number one role, I think Juju could have a, a you know, a long successful career. I hope, I hope he gets overpaid. <laughs> well, that, well, you, you just said something I think, which is great. The Jets would be an amazing place for him. People, players need to be put in the right position. And I think that that's a, the, the one of the things I you know because we'll let, let's transition to wide receivers in the draft now because I think one of the things that's interesting I noticed about your career Darius is you played four years like you started yeah. like forty plus games in college so there was a lot of information on sort of you as a player coming out there's yeah. a lot of guys for which that's not the case right like we're making like Jamar Chase is the number one wide receiver on our draft board and he didn't even play a season ago. Mm-hmm. 
you know, Jalen Waddle played one game, barely played this season. You mm-hmm. know, Devontae Smith is basically a two-year wonder, more or less. Now, when you approach thinking about the draft here, do you do you change the way you think about a player based upon how much they played at the college level? Um, I mean that matters, but that I mean what what comes out on that film is what matters the most. I, I want to see if they if they are a player that continually gets better, you know, or they're a player that could get, you know, jammed at the line the same, like they don't learn from different coverage, they don't learn from different situations in the game, um, they, they continue to get better. So that's what I want to look at on film, regardless if I saw you for one season, if I saw 12 games of you, or I saw 32 games of you, if, you know, game one and game 13 look similar, like I, regardless of what your production is, I don't see that working in the NFL level. So I match the talent, with that, the progression throughout your career. And I think that's where you kind of come up with, okay, I haven't seen Jamar Chase for a year plus, but when I saw him go against this, these top tier SEC receivers week after week after week after week, I see his body type. That's still a guy that I would still, uh, you know, put up there uh, at the top of the draft. So I agree with that, that position, but um, it really depends on the player, you know, how long they're playing and um, how they progress uh, throughout their career. Right, cause you could see a guy play for four years, but never get better. And, exactly. You know, and like it was Damon Arnett was the guy last year for Ohio State that got drafted by the Raiders, which was he was like 23 years old. So, of course, he's going to play better than most big 10 wide receivers. <laughs> as he's older. But like how much was he getting better? How much, you know, like was there potential there? Th- those are like great questions. And it might not be as much as a guy's played, but it's how much they got better. As we saw with Joe Burrow, like there wasn't a ton of experience of playing high level football for Burrow. There was yeah. some good experience though, which was adversity, coach change, adapting to a new coach, playing outrageously good football. Like mm-hmm. that's probably worth more than let's say a guy like May- Baker Mayfield, for example, who excelled in one particular system for three consecutive years, although he did also right. transfer. But like, yeah. it, those are really interesting contextual things that I, I wonder, you know, as we sort of like go into draft season, do they matter? And I think it's weird now because we're going to have so many disjointed careers. Yeah, it's going to be crazy this year. People, uh, the front office is really going to have to earn their money. But uh, I mean, even with all those boxes checked, you know, the very the biggest variable is still the player and how do you react in those different situations once it goes? Because everybody, you know, if you're at that level, if you're at that point in the draft, that position, like you've been the best player on the field pretty much your entire life. So now it's going to be actual play snaps and practice. It's going to be games where you're not the best player on the field. You're not, it's a completely different environment. So how do you continue to evolve in that environment? Uh, I think factors in as well. And then coaching, you know, some coaches are kind of overconfident and you, you kind of over, that's when you see some players get overdrafted. And then you think, okay, since I have this, you know, this ego, I guess, as a coach, which you should, but I can fix him or I can make him this even though I've only seen him do him do this. So, um, you know, coaches can mess that up or be right on that. So um, there's so many different variables and that's why you see, you know, so many different situations in the draft, even at the top. That's why the draft is so awesome. Yeah. Right. Yeah, it like, is. It is. All the variables, like once the guy's in the league, you're like, okay, I know the value of this variable, give or take, I can't maximize yeah. it. But before that, when you're looking at him as a prospect, you're like, look, I could max out all of these and this guy could be a hall of famer. And yeah. so, like, the excitement, the, it's like playing the lottery, but having thinking shot to win, you know, mm-hmm. um, which crazy. is why I'm so excited about it. Um, that you b- brought up something that I wanted to ask you as someone that has been a player and gone through this. So you're trying to ascertain, like, can this guy continue to improve? You know, what is his work ethic like? What is his mental state like yeah. and you always hear these cockamamie questions from the combine like you know all these ridiculous things that people ask if you're trying to ascertain whether this guy can make it how are you going to do that um you got to talk to the right people talk to your coaches um that you trust uh you know talk to teammates opponents i'm talking to opposing coaches um you know you just try to gather as much as that information as possible and then you know once you do that once the culture that you bring a certain player in, you also got to be aware of that. You got to be conscious of that too, because that can play a huge role. Because if, if one, if I'm taking this corner, let's say 
top 10 in the draft. I bring him in my locker room and, uh, and he's the oldest, he's the best guy by far in the meeting room. So it's nobody, it's no other high paid player at this position. There's no other big time player at this position. So it's nobody really higher than him on the totem pole. And that's going to affect his evolution as a player. Who's going to help him? Who's going to show him how to be a pro? Who is he actually going to have the respect to allow to be, you know, kind of check, I guess, essentially um, from different times to time. So it's so many different things. Um, but I would just say gather as much information as possible from, you know, teammates, you know, allies, and then obviously people, you know, within, let's say he played in the Big East like I did, you know, the opponents that saw me every year for three, four years, like, what did you think about this player? Because yeah. if you ask me what I thought about Daryl Revis seeing him at Pittsburgh, I would have gave you a whole rundown as an opposing corner and somebody played receiver. So uh, it's just, you know, you get different perspectives and you keep, um, you know, gathering information from uh, credible sources. So you wouldn't say that having a staring contest <laughs> tell you a ton of information. What do you remember anything crazy about, you know, going through that process? One of the most ridiculous things you either were asked or heard that was asked or asked to do or whatever. Um, nothing too wild because you, you, I, I was prepped going into it. Um, you know, you, you, my agent had these people kind of prep me. Okay, these are some. It's going to be some off the wall stuff, but I didn't have. Too many coaches just say anything crazy to me. I, I got honestly like, like philosophical type questions, like you know, what type of animal would you be if you came back, you know, if reincarnated, or uh, and why, or you know, what you know, what's the most valuable thing to you? You know, like just anything, just tell me. And I remember getting, that, I actually got that question from Steve Wilkes. He was oh, really? like, "What's the most valuable thing?" And um, you know, I was thinking, you know, family, God, like, what do I say? I can't say money. Uh, let me see. Uh, and I was just like, time, you know, time is, you know, it's the only thing that's you good. put in, you can't get back. You know, once it's gone, it's gone. He was like, man, that's the right answer. I probably only heard that answer two times in 12 years, some crazy <laughs> shit like that. So uh, it was, uh, it, it's, it's an experience, um, but uh, it, it's fun. But it, I got, I got, I got a good, good group of guys. I didn't what, get anything too what crazy. What was your animal? What was my animal? <laughs> what you, that's a good question. I, what, do you have one that comes to the top of the mind, Eric? I don't know. Right now, I would say I would say a wolf. Right now, okay. Yeah, I would say a wolf. Right now, wolf is an interesting uh, one. Yeah, I believe in oh, you know you moving packs. Somebody that owl. sees everything. You said I uh, do much. That's yeah, the hard part. You don't part. have a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. I feel like wolves. You know, they, they out there. They got each other back. Everybody knows their role. You keep the right people in the right positions. Yeah. You know, and um, yeah, I, I, I will come back, you know, as a wolf. Wolf is a good one. I think I might go dolphin. Well, they're dolphin. Dolphins are wild. Around. Here's here's the big thing. I just want to be somewhere warm, man. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> true. Trying to get to the ocean. Uh, so I would go dolphin. Uh, you're, still a, you're still a mammal, too. There's not too many mammals around. You know, you only got whale and the really dolphin. Cool. Yeah, dolphin's a good one. They have fun. And you're not like, you're not. You're not the evilest thing in the water, right? No. And you're not the most hunted thing in the water. Yeah. Killer okay. whale would be kind of kind of yeah, sick. Yeah, yeah. You know, I think too the slow. Worst. I feel like I want I would want to be a little more nimble. Dolphins, I th dolphins are good. They're nimble. They move in packs too. Yeah. Like I said, they kind of yeah. they're actually more dangerous to sharks. Honestly, I don't know if y'all know that. I'm not South Florida guys, but I got all the propaganda from Free Willy back in the day. <laughs> 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 That's not what I expected. Yeah, I, I don't remember. I don't remember much about that movie other than his like thing. His fin like curled when he went in there. Man, that was a sad movie. I uh, I need to learn more, so I need to make a trip to South Florida yeah, to right, educate right. myself yeah. as a part. Sea of World the is what I'm saying. They they yeah. sold Sea World subscriptions based on that movie. I've been looking. I Darius in full. Uh, com being completely honest, last weekend I was like. 8 p.m. on Friday, and um, I had just finished a piece of work that I need to get done. I went on Google Flights and looked up Cincinnati to Miami flights. And if Man. there had been one that was direct, I would be in Miami right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's no direct flights out of Cincinnati. It's going to take me like eight hours to get there. I was like, I would have oh, been like Will it. Smith and in, uh, in Fresh Prince in the studio. For our podcast, yes, yes. <laughs> yourself. Listen, it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of people thinking along those same lines because these hotel rooms around me are crazy. Really, I was I like, had, yeah, I had some family coming in, and I'm looking. All the prices jacked up, so I guess a bunch of people kind of you know fleeing their states and uh, and coming down here for for a few weeks, few months. 
I was looking at uh, Florida hotel rooms for later in the year, but the ones that I was looking at in Marco Island this this week were seven hundred fifty dollars a night on some like not the most expensive uh, hotels. Yeah, I'm Man. telling you, they're price gouging out here right now. I'd sleep on the beach. All I need is <laughs> a place to work out, and maybe I co- I'll come to DB's gym, get a workout in. I have another buddy yeah. has a gym out there. He's he's been working out outside the entirety of the past eight months, basically since quarantine. And it's another thing where I'm just like, man, can you chill out for one day? Yes. You know, let me live. For it's, one so, day. it's so much better for you too, man. When you get that sun on you, it's just, it just, it does something. That's one thing I do not miss about, about <laughs> being in cold weather places, man. Oof. <laughs> I bet. All right, I got to get you out of here on this. I saw that uh, Tyreek Hill was looking for <laughs> some defensive backs in, uh, in South Florida. And uh-huh. leave that what you said is come find me. You won't get off the line. <laughs> now, hey, nah, you know, I don't, I don't talk trash going into a battle, you know, only only after the work is done. But it's crazy how that got misconstrued. You know, he threw that out there. And I got a younger brother that uh Denzel Butler, he played at Akron. You know, he he was he graduated a couple of years ago. So I actually added him and put the eyeball at you know, little bro sent the screenshot and sent it to him. You ready? And tie you back. I'm like, all right, DM me to park. And then my co-host Antoine Bethay jumped in and was like, hey man, you know, don't get, don't pull your hand me, do it, keep it just to releases. And then, you know, I couldn't back down. So, you know, now, you know, now I gotta see what these 34 year old legs feel like. Oh, so it's happening. No, it has not happened, but, but it is you know, happening. It, it, yeah, it's not something it that I really back down for. I mean, that's something that we do. You know, South Florida guys all throughout my career, it's been plenty of times throughout my career was somebody was at a park or somebody was working out at some place. Hey man, you know, you, anybody trying to get some one-on-ones in some seven Oh yeah, let's go pull up. Like that's something you never, you can't just like somebody saying like, any, Hey, anybody out here want to fight me? Like, yeah. can't come on, man. So that's like I a mean, smart thing about, it's like a baseball player saying, if you hit the ball far enough, you don't have to run. If you have a good enough jam at the line of scrimmage, you don't have to run true. as a DB. That's a good point. Like you just, the guys, you neutralize the guy right away. What are, yeah, what are but yeah, about? but I, I don't anticipate me getting many of those against Tyreek Hill. <laughs> you know, he's you know he's obviously I will put him one uh, right now in the NFL receiver. But like I said, as a competitor, it w- it wouldn't be something I would back down from at all. But um, yeah, I wouldn't expect to dominate. But you know, if an old man sneak out a Tyreke. couple reps, that's all I need to edit and throw in the ground. You've got to sell out there, right? Like, cause if he <laughs> off the line, like oh, we expect that, right? Yeah, but yeah. If you get it and you you shut him down right there, that's the only well, that's clip like you need. You're walking DBs off. In a one-on-one matchup with Hill, that's every single DB, fast or slow is only hope. Because if you turn your hips and try to run with the guy, it's like, Good I don't night. care if, if it's Daryl Green, he's not freaking running with Tyreek Hill at this. Like, that, you know, yeah, that, that Ty, Tyreek Hill in a one-on-one situation, that, that's, that's lose-lose, yeah. especially with no pressure on the quarterback. Now, the big factor is who's the quarterback. So, you know, the big fact is who's the quarterback. So if I get, you know, in between him yeah. and the quarterback, I don't care who the receiver is. So out you get there. Drew Locke out there and he might throw you the ball. <laughs> oh, yeah. If I get Locke out here, <laughs> the, hey, the, the, the odds are going to move. <laughs> uh, what's, have you ever, what's the, like, most embarrassing thing you've seen on a park in one-on-ones in South Florida? Oh, man. I, I mean – is there anyone that's just like a legend? Like they would just go out there and cook dudes for like five hours and then peace out. One, some of the most impressive things I saw from a young, and I done seen a lot of these young because my I got younger brothers who are these different age groups. So I saw, you know, young Hollywood Brown. I saw Judy out at parks. Um, man, I, JoJo Natson. So when you see so many Antonio Brown, we worked out a lot together uh, in, in the same place in the off season. Um, so. You done seen a little bit of everything, but you know it's 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 the best going against the best. So you'll see somebody get done, and then the next rep they go, the other person get theirs back. So I mean, it, it's all competition. But I don't, you know, you don't see some crazy things. Jerry Judy is, I, I think. Jerry Judy, that that was that was different. I, I think he has some some stuff of legends. I would say. That's what Xavier. That's what Xavier Howard was saying. He was on podcast with Chris and Richard, and they started talking about. Jerry Judy and, and Sabian Howard was like, he turned me around on a slant. Yeah. Yeah. I'm <laughs> yeah we, we, we had him on the podcast too. And I asked him who was, 
Pat, I'm sorry, I can't hear you. I'm pretty sure Pat doesn't want Pat Mahomes doesn't want to see Watson on Denver for Judy's <laughs> Judy alone, let alone Cortland Sutton and all those other great receivers on that team. Yeah. Yeah. That, I mean, like I, if Judy gets a, a I asked Xavier Howard and he had, I would say the best year as a DB, you know, having 10 picks, having a year he had wired wire. And I asked him, you know, who was one of the best guys you went against this year? And the first guy out of his mouth was Judy. He was like, hey, man, that young, that young cat is. So, you know, hearing that from X, obviously he's been around for a while. And, um, you know, he went against, you know, the best of the best, you know, Tyreek, Diggs, all type of guys. And for Judy to jump to the top of his mind, that says a lot. So I hope I hope he gets a, a young a young quarter, a nice quarterback in his prime. The best part was that route that he referenced. I pulled up the clip because we just oh, man. and the ball just sails over his head. It's like Le- you would need to stack LeBron on top of Anthony Davis to catch this pass. But uh, that's that's the point there. Um, Darius, I'm going to make my way out to South Florida. We're going to play some ball. Let's do it. uh, We got to make it happen. We're going to bring you on to the basketball team when we ever get a a tournament going. It was a lot of fun, man. Thanks for hanging out, brother. I appreciate you guys, man. This is fun. Hey, anytime, man. Darius Butler. Special thanks to Darius Butler. You go check out all of his stuff on um, the Man to Man pod with Anthony Bethay. Uh, everything DB. He's great on Twitter and Instagram. Um, Former 49er, Antoine Bethay. Yes. Uh, we have some a cool episode coming for you guys on Sunday. Let's, let's tease it a little bit here. Um, NFL quarterback. Your moms, your girlfriends, your sisters, your dogs, favorite quarterback will be on this podcast on Sunday. You'll want to check it out. You will not want to miss it. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you guys later.